West Middle School, what is happening? Mr. Garvin here jamming up some Bruce Springsteen. I'm on fire. Hey, guys, excited to be here, man. It's the end of Chapter 15. You guys should be celebrating. And as you know, we've been talking about how the United States acquired all of these different pieces of territory and how the United States gained its strength. You know, that's one of the great benefits of the United States is the sheer size of our country. We have so much land. We have so much resources you know, with our growing population, we have plenty of places for people to, to build and to buy houses and to live. And that's really, really one of the major strengths of our nation. Now, in Chapter 15, Section 5, we're going to continue talking about how the United States continued to add more Western lands. And the first thing I want to just kind of bring us back to is that whole idea of manifest destiny again. People thought that they had a God-given right to that territory. In doing so, we really, in, in many cases, uh, you know, stole land from people, took land from people. Um, but people were justifying with that belief that that's what God wanted us to do. And that's that, that key vocabulary term of manifest destiny. Now, uh, under President Polk, the United States continued to want to add more Western lands. You'd have thought with the acquisition of the Oregon Territory, the United States might have been happy and been uh, uh, satisfied, but they weren't. And so the United States continued to want to add new territory. And two of the areas that they had their eyes on were California and New Mexico. And as you know, the more land, the more power you have, but there's more challenges in terms of kind of uh, policing that land. Um, the United States was willing to add New Mexico and California by force if needed. Um, you have to realize that Mexico owned these areas, but was not really willing to sell them. And for the most part, they had done a bad job of kind of overseeing these areas because they were so remote and so desolate. You also need to understand that the relations with the United States and Mexico was already pretty bad after the U.S. had uh, annexed Texas. So for the most part, Mexico was not willing to even consider giving or selling California and New Mexico early on. Now, eventually, the United States decides that they're going to send in troops and go take control of New Mexico and California. And many people uh, in the United States felt that there was really no reason to acquire uh, some of this land because so much of it was desert or barren. Uh, it wasn't going to be useful for growing crops. People weren't aware of the resources on it, um, such as gold and things of that nature. But in 1848, the United States signed a treaty with uh, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which gave up the territory known as, Mexi as the Mexican Session, which includes present-day Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, and California. So the United States signs this treaty. Okay, in doing so, the United States agreed to pay $15 million, okay, and promised to protect the 100,000 Mexican, uh, Mexicans living in this area. The reality is the United States, for the most part, did not protect those individuals. And many politicians and many people in society were really not comfortable with the way the United States had uh, gathered and gained this new territory. Now, something that's important for us to understand again that as the United States continue to grow in size, we have the resources, we have the ability to tax. But there was this question of will these new states or will these new areas, when they become states, become a slave state or a free state? And we're going to see it in future chapters how the issue of slave versus free really, really divided the nation. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one.